all, welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only podcast that would be perfectly fine if in addition to no running, no splashing, no diving, and a public pool, no Funkin was a rule, and Munkin was loud, that's a dumb one, but I'm your co-host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Bear, Andre, how are you? Uh, I think you sold yourself a little short, but I'm, I, for one, I'm mm-hmm. ready to funk today. Why, why are you ready to funk? Um, you know, I just want to shake things up a little bit. I mean, I feel like th- why this is this formula has worked for f- almost six whole seasons. Well, now you want to ruin it? I, this is false advertising now. Fine, all right, fine. For, let's we take g- that back. We give people a very explicit message that there's not going to be any funking involved, and you know, I feel that we need to deliver. Fuck, that. you know, I completely d- uh, yeah. Forget me. I I'm sorry. That's okay. I understand. I, we all are tempted to funk now then uh, now and then. Um, Thank you. We're just here to talk about an episode that actually, you know, there's not that much funking around in it. Uh, Mr. Moog, excuse me, is at your service. You hear it say, I say as I yawn, which could be construed as funkin'. Uh, Mr. Moog is at your service. He's a butler. Um, you know, what did you think? Well, I have a question. When you saw the title of this episode, what did you think it was going to be? I was curious. Oh, no, I was positive he was going to be a butler. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, cause he just, it, he just, it, it makes sense, you know, his skill set. No, yeah, for sure. It's actually, he's pretty good at it. I'm sure like his coworkers hated his guts, but mm-hmm. aside from that, like he's, he's the man for this. Yeah. I think we'll talk about it, but I think he's good at one specific aspect of the job, but like so much of being a butler, I imagine I've obviously never had a butler or even come close, but so much of it I imagine is like the service you have to be in service of someone and he's very not good at that part you know um yeah fair enough um i really hate that you made that joke off air because now i can only think about at your cervix so yeah sorry about that i was referencing the show community in which someone says that joke um but yeah you can't it's it's just honestly anytime you hear the word service if you replace it with cervix it's a little bit funny i don't i don't feel good about that fact but it absolutely it is you know um anyway uh we start off with a gigantic mansion um, and, uh, Sean Astin. How do you feel about Sean Astin being the murderer on a TV show? Um, <laughs> it was kind of weird to see Samwise Gamgee, uh, Gamgee? Gamgee. Um, as, like, a bad guy. I, I think I've seen him in something else as a bad guy, but he's just got, like, a very affable, uh, way about himself that it kind of, um, was a little stilted. I think affable might be the most perfect word to describe him, um... Because he just really, I mean, everything. Even when he was on Stranger Things a couple years ago, he just played a guy who worked at a Radio Shack who was generally helpful. Um, what season was he? Was that first season? Season two. He dated ah, okay. uh, the main character. He dated Winona Ryder. Um, and uh, then he da- he got killed, spoiler. Uh, was trying to save everyone else. Uh, rest in peace I haven't, I, Yeah, I've only seen the first season of the show, and then I watched... 10 minutes of season two, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. I watched all three seasons. I enjoy it. It's not, you know, it's it's uh, it's fun. Um, and, you know, just, I just like, occasionally, there's a couple, I like to be a little bit in touch with the zeitgeist. But anyway, Sean Astin's on the phone. He's, uh, Paul Buchanan's his character's name. He's, you know, arguing about a yacht, as, you know, you want to do when you're rich. Um, mm-hmm. Although he is like, they, apparently the guy on the other on end of the phone mentions that it's a bunk bed situation, which I can't imagine a bu- yacht that has a bunk bed on it. So I do kind of understand why he's a little bit mad. It's like if I'm getting a yacht, I don't want to be in a bunk bed. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And also, like, I think the some of the finishes uh, involved, he doesn't want Formica. He wants uh, something else. Like, yeah, fair enough. If you're that rich, like, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... The other... The, the finish and stuff, don't get mad about. But I, I do understand, like, it's like, during getting a yacht, like, no bunk... I mean, I wouldn't want to be in a bunk bed now. And I don't live on it. I don't have a yacht, you know? Anyway, uh, his uh, butler, Edward Stilson, um, brings into Manhattan because it's 4 o'clock, which, holy shit... It's happy hour somewhere. I know, but I know how good life would be if at a set time every day someone bought you a drink. I mean... I mean, if it wasn't a Manhattan, I'd probably be thrilled. I'm not a huge fan of Manhattans. I don't know if I've ever had a Manhattan, but I, I like everything in it, so I don't think I would mind it. Um, but, uh, you know, just a, a nice cocktail. It. I do feel like... I, I might be wrong about this. I feel like it's served in the wrong glass, but I'm probably wrong about that. Um, What's that one drink? Uh, the drink from like, I don't know, a season ago maybe. Like someone made like a that drink that the murderer guy has, um, where he kills that girl. Oh, you mean the astronaut? Uh, like yeah, yeah. The space. The space. The space I don't yeah, remember yeah, what yeah. was in it. It was gin was in it, which is why I didn't want it. But um, I could have gone for one of those instead. Let's just say. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know me. You know my drink of choice. Uh, four o'clock in a little Moscow Mule action. Oh, baby. I mean, what? All You're I such. What? You're such a novice. I understand. I, I get that, but it's also like I, you know, if it's a drink, I'm gonna be drinking. Um, you know, I, it's it's not. I, I guess that drinks Moscow mules and seltzers. Just yeah, deplorable. And, and also, I also drink plenty of other stuff. It's just when I'm relaxing, I don't need to have a fancy whiskey drink when I'm relaxing. Why would I do that? You know. Anyway, That's, you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It, I won't uh, shame you anymore. Because the thing too is that, like, I'll say this: it's not like I don't like those things. It's just like if I'm chilling on a Friday night, I'm not gonna be like, you know what I want to do right now? I want to knock back three old fashions. Like, no, fuck that. <laughs> like, I'd rather sip on a, you know, crisp Moscow Mule. That's you know, nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, but you, 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 what? Can you buy a ready-made Moscow Mule? No, but it's really easy to make. It's, I mean, I. I, well, did I tell you that I on Amazon, and I apologize for the digression, guys, but if you listen to this podcast, it's because you like us in addition to liking Monk. Uh, I was tired of getting the, like, the supermarket near me only had, like, glass bottles of ginger beer. They're really expensive. So I ordered a 24-pack of uh, canned ginger beer on Amazon. Um, so I got that. And, you know, I got a, I also got a lemon squeezer on Amazon that I used for the limes. You know, Do it's you have just, a metal cup? Uh, yeah, I have the copper mug, yeah. Okay. Nice. I actually have it right next to me. Uh, I don't have a mule right now, but I forgot to clean it up the last time I had one. It's right here. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm serious about it. So, uh, you know, Ed Stilson is uh, giving him a drink, and Paul gets off the phone, and he shows a ransom note of some kind. Right. Now, it's not clear what the ransom is, but you could tell by Stilson's reaction that he was the one who wrote the note. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Paul seems to have done his research. He he knows that Stilson is the man behind. I w- yeah, I was unclear on what the hell the reason for this was. Well, you're not uh, supposed to know at the time. Right, right, right. Um, but like, basically, you get from like context clues that uh, his parents have been dead or they mm-hmm. died, and that apparently they don't have the best relationship. And uh, and it seems that <clears throat> Stilson has it out for Paul for whatever reason. Yes. Possibly because he killed his parents, but, you know. Yeah, maybe. Could be. And so, you know, the way apparently Paul figured out is that the last ransom he gave, he uh, gave out marked bills, and then Paul snooped in Stilson's uh, bedroom and found those bills. Um, Which is just a bad play, man. Don't keep the evidence on you after that. Absolutely, like... yeah. Just, yeah, you gotta spend those. You gotta launder that. 
Um, yeah. But anyway, he uh, ends up sta- still ends up stammering, and he really is stam. I mean, you, once you're you're in a bad way, you just gotta die at that point, you know. Um, yeah. And he gets shot, uh, and uh, then uh, our good friend, your good friend Paul, you're actually you actually double went on a double date with him and two other girls to prom. The prom they mentioned, you were uh, you shared a limo with him. Um, he burned. Yeah, you know, he up. paid he paid for the limo, so you know. Did you sure. take a limo to prom? I believe so. Yes. I really don't remember my prom night because I just got tanked at the after party. So would you believe that I did not? Alrighty. So uh, we took my we took my uh, mom at the time had a red uh, Mustang, and so we took me, my twin brother, and our dates took that. It was nice. I mean, you know, it's not a limo, but it's still nice. Um, You know, rolling up in a Mustang. Anywho. uh, Yeah. Right, there's, no, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a limo. I wish it was a limo, but to be frank, neither of us were really, like, I, and at least for me in particular, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't uh, super into my, not, that's rude. Uh, I was going with, as a friend with the girl I was with, so I wasn't super worried about impressing her with a limo, so. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, and we, we could take this off pod, but what I was thinking about was, like, you can't, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't go with my siblings, personally, but also, I, I'm different. Um, but also, yeah, you can't really hook up with a bunch of babes in front of your brothers. I, I suppose you could, but I just you probably could. Wouldn't. Also, but the thing is, yeah, that wasn't, I mean, my it's not like my brothers have a much different vibe than I do. Like, it's not. Right, exactly. And, and also, like, there was a 0% chance. Like, it would just would be dumb for me and my twin brother to go separately <laughs> to the same event. <laughs> like, that would just be kind of stupid. Um well, you it know. just depends. Sometimes people have different friend groups. Like, That's you guys true. might not well, have... Yeah. As we mentioned before, I we didn't. Anyway, so, we cut to Dr. Kroger's office, and we see Mug pull something out of his jacket in a baggie, which I love, and it's a newspaper clipping. And what does the clipping say? Oh, uh, God, I don't know, man. What does it say? The police have a hiring that. freeze. Oh, right. Okay, the yeah. The episode. No, 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 yeah. But, like, I didn't read the headline. It just, oh, yeah. It just, I mean, yeah, probably just, it didn't, probably just said nonsense. I don't think you said. No, I thought you were asking for the for le- no. legit thing. Okay. Yeah, so there's a hiring freeze for the next four years. And, <clears throat> you know, four years is a lot of time in Monk's life. Uh, at this point, he'll be closer to retiring than anything else. So he, you know, deduces that he might be too old to be reinstated. Mm-hmm. As if it's going to happen anyways. But, you know, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Yeah, and, he, you know, he's like, it was my whole reason for living, which... I don't like that Dr. Kroger doesn't push back on that because that's just not true. Um, right. And people, I can speak from experience, say things in therapy that they don't mean because they're mad and you, it's important for the therapist to say uh, you don't mean that. But anyway, you learn that he's had no new clients in weeks and that, uh, you know, he's he, he thinks he's done for. And Dr. Kroger gives a hard pivot where he says... Well, he hasn't had a client in weeks, nor has his contract been renewed. Correct, yeah. So he's in a he's down bad is what what's going on, um, and Doctor Roger's like it's you can maybe make a new decision you know. <laughs> yeah, you, he can use this time to reassess and uh, you know maybe start over do something different. Um, mm-hmm. You know he might be a good uh, he might be good at writing manuals for some electronic devices mm-hmm. possibly. Um, mm-hmm. That mean, might be something. Family. Right now, he mentions that Winston Churchill didn't become prime minister until age sixty. And Monk is, of course, like, I'm never going to become prime minister. I don't even live in Britain. And even if then, I'm a long shot. Um, 
Which yeah, also, he's... that's a terrible. That's a terrible example, Doctor Kroger. Because Doctor Kroger, I mean, because Winston Churchill started his career path as a politician when he was in like his thirties. It's not like he was do. It's not like he was a carpenter and then he became prime minister when he was sixty. Right. So, like, yeah, Monk. He, he's down bad, and he's in his darkest hour, so to speak. You could say that. You absolutely could say that about him. Um, yeah. And then we cut to uh, a place you probably would find Winston Churchill, uh, a, like an early lunch or maybe even like a, some type of brunch. At the Davenport's, Natalie's parents. Were you happy to see uh, Holland Taylor and Michael Cavanaugh again? Uh, I mean, sure, it's not very long. No. I mean, they're not really in the episode for much, uh, so thank God. Because, uh, no, no, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan think, of the mom. I yeah. think in small doses, it's funny. I think yes, for this yes. Because, for example, because she, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're doing intentional, but she basically is just playing Lucille Bluth in this scene. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, where she gets a drink and uh, it's not even 12 o'clock, apparently. Um, and Monk, right. is, he's, he's trying to feel his way out for a new career. And he asks, you know, Bob, what Bob does for, you know, his job. And what does Bob do? Well, he doesn't get to explain because Natalie's mom breaks it down that he just inherits money for a living. And mm-hmm. Monk, you know, kind of thinks, hey, inherit, inherit money. Maybe I, I could be good at that. Sounds great. Inheriting money sounds really great. Um, you know, I... I have never inherited money, and I probably won't inherit any major sums of money. But it, w- it would be pretty great if I didn't have to do anything for money. Um, and just, the only thing I inherited are these boyish good looks. Mm-hmm, exactly, and uh, unlike money uh, that you can invest, you know, there's no growth opportunities in boyish good looks. They only yeah. only fade. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, I I inherited a history of heart disease and a bad hair, uh, hairline that's going to recede. So I'm not exactly. You know. Ah, fuck, really? I mean, I've, I'll say this, out of my th- two brothers, I probably have the best hairline thus far, but it's not, there's, it's not a good sign. It's because it's not just my dad, it's two of my uncles, too. Um, yeah. Oof. Not great. Okay. Um, also, this gigantic head. Uh, for those listening, I have a gigantic head. You can tell by every photo that's ever been taken of me. Um, you could tell by every random trivia that you ever hear on this podcast uh, i appreciate you saying that but my big head requires me to say that the size of one's head has nothing to do with how much trivia yeah, here we i'm go. kidding i know I, i'm beginning <laughs> into the pit monk yeah. says something which I, I love this bit where he says you know i wish i drank it's great isn't it and <laughs> natalie's mom just gives him a look like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty great actually like it, i mean yeah if you don't have to do any work and you can just day drink and be like mean to people <laughs> not great uh, but anyway we learned that paul buchanan Asked about Natalie, and also that Natalie is not getting any younger. Rude. Yeah, um, but yeah, so we know that now from this whole conversation that basically, uh, you know, Natalie's parents are trying to set her up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mentioned like, why don't you like, you know, maybe, you know, reintroduce yourself back into Paul's life because apparently, yeah, they went to high school together. They hadn't seen each other for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, like, no, man, I'm sorry. Like, Natalie is way too good for Paul. Like, no yes. chance. He also apparently proposed to her twice, Correct. which is one too many times. Um, I mean, out of context is one. You should never propose to anyone twice, I think, you know. Um, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Like, obviously there are exceptions, but generally speaking. And then, but we learn also that, you know, the poor boy, his parents died within 10 minutes of each other. His mother, his stepmother and his dad. And then Bobby, who I like Bobby. I don't know about you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Bobby. Um, yeah, I like Bobby. Does a demonstration of... What happened where the father was driving a car around a bend, they hit a rock. The mo- Crucially, a British car. Yes, it was a British car. The stepmother f- 
hit her head, fell out, hit her head, and then his dad had a heart attack. Is basically the, there's a long demonstration, but that's the long and short of it. Right, but also um, she wasn't wearing a seatbelt apparently, yes. so she flew out of the car and then yeah, smacked uh, what rock was it? It was called uh, it had a. I feel like I had a name, but I fucking. It probably lost did it. have a name, the Rock, but I don't know any. There's the Rock of Gibraltar, and then there's the artist formerly known as Ayers Rock. So there's only two rocks I know that are named. Um, oh, Plymouth or Rock. Or Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Yep. Um, and, Chris. Uh, yeah. Um, there's probably other rocks that we could think of. Chris Rock. Yeah. Um, Rock Hudson. To- to- yeah, Tony Rock. Um, anyway. Uh, Ad Rock. Yeah. Ad Rock. Done. Yep. Um, so if you guys know any more rocks, please write into the show. So, yep. uh, but yeah, Monk points out if it was a British car, then if they hit the rock at the angle that Bobby described, then she wouldn't have hit the rock at all. She yeah, was, she yeah. wouldn't. She wouldn't have been in the in the position or the angle to to make that uh, dive. Yes. Now, something I noticed because you know uh, I remembered what the plot of this episode was that I, when they're doing the demonstration in all the close up shots, there's a continuity error where Natalie's wearing a coat. Just want to point that out. I don't know. I wrote that down in my notes. Um, but uh, I think this is the first episode that I, and not because of what happens later. It's actually earlier on. This is the first episode that I noticed that she was like pregnant, pregnant. Yeah, I noticed earlier just because I knew this episode was coming. And you know, when, when if you're a seasoned TV watcher, there's things you notice to look for, which is like, why is that person carrying something at all times? Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, so Natalie is really intrigued. She thinks that there's something fishy going afoot, so she uh, asks her daddy for his, her, his wallet takes several hundred dollars out of it and pays Monk and basically hires him to investigate the case. Um, yeah, I mean, can you pay someone to investigate someone else's case? We need someone else's case. Who? Well, it's not her parents that died. That's true. I assume you... I guess you probably can. I don't know what the rules of... I don't think there are very strict rules when it comes to, like, private investigation. Um, right. You know, because, like, yeah, like, what would the legal thing about being, like... If you want to investigate if your spouse was cheating, like, what's the legal justification of that? You know what I mean? I feel like it's kind of just, um... Yeah, I guess the only thing is, like, you could, you certainly couldn't go into the house because of... No. You, you'd still need not. his permission. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. And you would need to get the cops involved. Like, it's, there's no civil... She can't sue for... She can't do, like, a wrongful death suit, for example. Um, yes. Anyway, so they go to the crash scene... And Monk is like, he can't really tell. And I think Monk's being responsible here. Because he's like, yeah, the thing about the British car is true. But, like, I don't have a police report. I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, we're just going off of Bobby's memory of it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, but also, um, Natalie kind of points something out, too, that um, also the inconsistency with the whole story is that Mr. Buchanan apparently was a very safe Mm-hmm. particular guy that he would never allow someone to be in his car without a seatbelt on mm-hmm. yeah you, you know and i think that that's fair but yeah. before monk can have his full investigation a couple guys uh, some little green guys show up and boy are they riveting yeah riveting uh, uh company yeah it's a bunch of frogs um you know i'm not a huge fan of frogs no uh, not at all. i think they're pretty gross but uh are there know, frogs in la uh, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, not, like, everywhere, but oh, there certainly, are like, by ponds and shit. In Florida. Like, well, I yeah. would say, I would say during the summer, if I were to open up my wind, my blinds, there would, uh, during the night, be at least one frog on the window every single night. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, fuck that. I mean, um, they mostly keep to themselves. And they're also, very, the ones that are, they're very small. Like, they're just big. 
the ones okay. in the the one in Monk are like I actually have never seen a frog that big. Like there are two main species of frog in Florida. One's this big. I'm holding about a quarter, and then one's about double the size of a quarter, which is much rarer. So it's not that bad. Um, okay. But Monk, Natalie asks, "Are you afraid of frogs?" And he makes a decision: Is he afraid of frogs? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, he's saying he needs her. He needs her to put that on the list. Uh, but but between where exactly? Uh, he mentions possums. And soccer riots, but no, it can't. Not soccer riots, can't be that. Hailstones? Well, no, not possums. It's between soccer riots and hailstones. Oh right, right, right. But nonetheless, which I just love. Monks afraid of soccer riots. Um, I mean, I am too. That shit's terrifying. Not, was that what that one thing? I don't know. It was a riot, but that one, uh, you know, where all the people got trampled back in the day. You know, what I'm talking about the Liverpool one. Um, yeah, right. Where it's like 30 people died just because they all were trying to crowd in the stadium at once. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's not. Great. That's not a riot, though. No, it's not. But it's. I'll say that if that's what soccer fans are doing when they're peaceful, you know. Yeah, good point. And then Natalie notices that there's no signal up there, which I'll just say is not evidence, because back, especially in like 2007, your carrier made a huge difference as to whether or not you got signal. You know. Um, yeah, there's no there's no signal there, and also um, apparently like it's around mating season, which yeah, usually means they can't shut the fuck up, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that, that one doesn't come up until later, but yeah. Okay, I just, gotcha. I just, but I just, she mentions it now. Yeah, I agree. Mating season. I just disagree with the clue that there's no signal. Yes, also, like she's also standing still at her car, like you know damn well. Like back in the day, five feet could make a difference as whether you know you got signal. You know. Yeah, and also like I mean, certain carriers have certain coverage. And clouds. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Like it's one thing if you're in like, the middle of the desert and like a mile radius, you can't get signal, right? But if it's just one spot, anyway. Yeah. So they decide they're going up to the Buchanan's place. Crazy that they just drive right up to the driveway. Doesn't feel like something you probably can do with someone that rich. Um, right. And then we learn a little more details about how Paul Buchanan treated Natalie. He stalked her. And then what was his, uh, you know, his big show of affection? Unquote. Yeah, he uh, he wanted to go to prom with her, and she obviously said no because she had a boyfriend. So he then proceeded to, I believe, hire someone to beat the shit out of him, and basically broke his like ribs and something his else. His leg. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really, he like fully Tanya Harding for the prom. Like it just really some true psycho shit. And Monk is really just not. I think Monk is being dismissive because he's you know. Just a dismissive person. Um, yeah. <laughs> because he's like, you know, there's, but Natalie, there are 14 bedrooms here. Um, and I believe, I wonder how many bathrooms there are, because I believe uh, Wise Man once said, was it uh, 13 bathrooms I can shit all day? Is that the uh, the line? I did never heard that I can shit all day? I think it's, I'm not 100% uh, bathrooms. I can't, I want to make sure I get. Is this from a movie bathroom. or something? No, it's a rapper. Uh, Lil, yeah, Lil Wayne said, got 10 bathrooms I can shit all day. Which, I mean. <laughs> The thing is, the thing that Weezy doesn't realize is that you, you have one bathroom, you still can shit all day. But um, <laughs> right, and so Natalie can't go in. She says, um, one because Trailer Howard is visibly pregnant, but two <laughs> because she doesn't yes. want to be harassed by him. And honestly, good call. This guy's a yeah. fucking harasser. Like he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's a horrible guy. He drinks in the daytime. Uh, just but there's, nothing there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. All the time, though. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I, and also, yeah. I say, I, I, for some reason, I always like to defend people who casually drink a lot, where it's just like, I drink once or twice a week and only, like, well into the night. I don't know why I have to Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's because in my mind, my aspiration would be to just be a guy who just drinks leisurely all the time. 
I guess, man. I think I can't do that, honestly. I I probably couldn't do it either, but I think it's kind of just like, you know what I think it's because I spent, I've spent a lot of time at home with my parents in their community, which is mostly of retirees, and that's all they do. All the people over 65 do is just get shit-faced and play golf all day. That's all they do. And it, uh, they seem to love it. It's so, <laughs> I mean... Different strokes for different fair. folks. And so uh, Monk's snooping around in the back, and he gets caught. Um, but he rolls with the punches better than you think he would. Because the guy asks him, are you here for the job interview? And Monk says yes. What job is it? We know, but Monk does not. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's at your service, baby. He's, yeah. uh, he's applying for the recently vacant uh, butler position. Mm-hmm. House manager, if you will. House manager, yes. So Monk's waiting. Paul comes in. He was hunting. Um, you know, he was hunting with Dick, him and Dick Cheney. Um, and uh, apparently Monk lost his resume, which um, is definitely something that I, I – I've never lost a resume. But very early on, I once went to a job interview where – and this is just me being an idiot – where I had emailed them the resume the night before. And I was like, why would I need to bring a paper copy of my resume? Same. I've done the same many times. And yeah. and it, However, though – I remember during that interview, this is unrelated. Have you ever been to an interview where the way that they describe the person they're looking for, you're like, oh, this must be the worst place in the world? It's like, you have really thick skin. You need to know that the people you're working with, they might say some stuff that they don't mean. It's like, this is the interview you're doing this? I don't want this job at all. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? I mean, I've luckily, like, I've only ever had, like, maybe two or three job interviews that were, like, really bad. Um, one one of them was just One of them was just last week, by the way. No, that like the interview didn't go badly. It was just like, if that is your top line thing you're saying to me a minute into the interview, don't worry. They'll say things to you that they don't mean. It's like that's what you tell me when I've worked there for two weeks and someone says something mean to me. You don't mention that up top. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, or they're trying to weed. Or they're trying to weed everybody. Well, exactly. Out. And guess what? They weeded me out. They didn't. Well, they didn't ask me to go back. But even if they did, I would probably said no because ah, what the hell? Uh, it wasn't yeah. the thing I really wanted to do. Anywho. Yeah. So monk. Uh, you know, he mentions he introduces himself as Adrian Melville because he spots a copy of Moby Dick. Um, yeah, good thinking by Monk, honestly. Uh, but he and, also he also ingratiated himself by tidying up yes. the room while he was gone and solving a puzzle that he had apparently been working on for quite some time. Yeah, and so when Paul asks for his references, Monk is quick on his feet. He gives his references of who he's worked for. The Stottlemyers of San Francisco, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the dishers. He should have. He should have said that he worked for fucking Dale the Whale. It probably would have gone a long way. Not. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Uh, Char- Doctor Charles Kroger, and then he mentions Natalie Teeger, and then this psychopath Paul says, "You know, Natalie had a big crush on me back in the day. Did she though? Did she? Uh, you know, men lie, women lie, but uh, no, definitely not in this case. No. Yeah, and he's like, you know, uh, does Natalie still have that tattoo? And of course, Monk is freaked out by that. Um. You know, I want to know if he knows about that tattoo. Um, you know. It's in a place where you, we can't see, correct? They correct. make the illusion? No, yeah. Okay. He, he says, you probably wouldn't have seen it where, based on where she put it. Um, but anyway, he's like, you don't think Natalie would show up to this party I'm having on Saturday? And this, he's just a creep. Man, I just, I just don't like this guy. I feel like this guy's just like, I don't think we were using the phrase back in the day, but this is really toxic masculinity in a person. Which is not great. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he's like, hey, congratulations, you're my new butler. And uh, Monk has a job. 
Yeah, and like as we know, um, I mean, well, as I suspect, um, he's pretty good at like some of the butler jobs, and he kind of seems like a natural fit. Like he'd keep everything very clean, but also, as we're about to see, there's quite a few problems with his employment. Yes. So Monk calls Natalie and is like basically saying like pick me up and she's like no stay the night because she's really insistent that he prove that Paul is a murderer um and honestly I on the one hand you want to be like Natalie just pick him up and I think that that is the correct thing however I do understand her wanting to get Paul arrested because if I know someone who mugged my boyfriend because he was jealous uh and then you heard that maybe he killed his parents, I'd be like, yeah, this motherfucker killed his parents. You know? There's a lot... I think a lot... In the last few years, there's a lot of people say, like, how do people not notice the signs? Natalie saw the signs, and she was trying to act on it. Yeah. No, uh, good for her. And and luckily, you know, uh, Adrian Melville's got his new room waiting for him. Exactly. And so, um, she's gonna pick him up tomorrow morning, and then Susie enters, um, played by an actress who I recognized vaguely, but the reason I get... I don't know if this is actually why. She's been a bunch of shit. But she is the voice of Ellie in The Last of Us video games. Which ah, that's where... Okay, dude, I literally just played that. that. I don't want to say that her voice sounds like a child. But it does make sense when you real, like, listen to her. And it's like, oh yeah, that does. It makes sense. Um, wow. Yeah. And so we learned that Monk is a 42 regular in his, his outfit. Um, and uh, also that Stilson, the old guy... Subscribe to 50 magazines, which, what, was he running a waiting room? Uh, I mean, at least he keeps them fresh. That's all I can say. That is true. Probably. Um, and he apparently left out of nowhere after being with the family for years, and he stormed out, and he didn't take his stuff with him. Right, he apparently had gotten into an argument over back pay, mm-hmm. and, yeah, like you said, just left all of his stuff there. Yeah, not, that's always a red flag, um, you know. Uh, probably you kind of don't even you kind of don't even want to leave it at an argument though you would just be like I haven't seen him yeah I don't know it's yeah it's a it's 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 a it's a bad move by Paul who's pretty good at the other stuff I I think you just got to get rid of his stuff like yeah you know I I just if he if he were really smart he would have finagled this in some way uh, to like implicate that he had a hand in his parents dying. Well, no, he couldn't do that because if he did that... It would have been the inheritance shit. They, they would open up the case again, and yeah, there's no reason to do that. Um, All right. So, Monkey's approve a seating chart. He takes a look at it, and he immediately goes into the zone. And then we cut to him looking over the table. And uh, he's, bas- he's being incredibly persnickety. Yeah, you know, obviously, first problem being that there's 11 guests that are supposed to be there 11 seats and that just cannot fly it's got to be 10 i think or would 12 suffice yes as long as it's even now of course, i mean i don't know i don't know the fucking eggs he got he had to buy 10 of them that's true um but the the solution of course is to have someone at the head of the table i don't know why monk didn't immediately just think of that i mean he obviously eventually got there but um you know that's an easy solution right but it's still it would still like not it would still look off How? right if there's one at the head of the table and then five on each side. Oh, but then the other side would be unoccupied too. That's true. There. Yeah, you're right. But I, I guess the, the whole thing for this is that there's just no good answer. And this is right. why, uh, yeah, Monk's insane. Uh, and we also learned it's 2.30 in the morning that he's kept everyone there. Um, he's, uh, 
He's just he's be he's being like this is going being bad. He's being really bad, boss. These poor people have to stay up till two thirty just to watch him. I mean, yes, I'm sympathetic to them. Obviously, they're up till two thirty in the morning, but at the same time, like, what else do they have to do? They literally just live that's there. That's true. They could sleep though, because you know damn well monks waking him up at six in the morning to do something. Um, oh, that's true. Fuck. And so monks trying to rearrange some people. They don't know that though. That's true. Monks trying to rearrange people based on height, and we learned that you can't put Paul next to his stepsisters. Yeah, it's uh, some acrimony uh, between the two of them. Uh, you know, they Mon- their names are Monica and Clara, and apparently they didn't feel like they were treated as fairly as uh, some of the other members of the family, particularly one, uh, and they got left with nothing when the estate was settled. Yes, specifically because Paul's father died second. That that means that he owned everything that him and his stepmother shared for ten minutes, and then when he died, it all went to his son. So that is. So the are key. we are we to infer that basically his dad was a scrub? What do you mean? Well, okay, like why would why would he why would this, I still don't understand the mechanics behind it? Why wouldn't it just be left to all three of them? Did one of them write a will that left I, out yes, the other I'm two? I'm assuming I'm assuming that the stepmother wrote a will that gave everything to her daughters. <sighs> And the father wrote a will that gave everything to his son. Is I'm assuming what happened. Um, okay. And so, and so therefore, if the father died first, then all the father. Well, oh, for, actually, no. Your is it wouldn't be that. It would be that they wrote a will where they each went to their spouses, and then the court must have made the decision that based on the next of kin. That I think if the mother died second, I think that the thing that actually I don't think is true is I think if the stepmother died second, I think that it would be split in three ways. I don't think that. Yes. It would be, and now with the father, I'm not sure, because um, they're step siblings. I don't know. Right. So I think that maybe the court made it. I don't know. But it, it, the mechanics. I I think the actual legal stuff doesn't matter. I just I enjoy the mechanics of the point of the episode is that he needed to make someone die ten minutes earlier than someone else. I think is a fun conceit. No, for sure. Yeah, I just I was just like, what the fuck? Why? Like I just whatever. But yeah, go on. Yeah. So then we cut to uh, this the police station and they're listening to the nine one one call and we hear. Paul's father have a heart attack. Um, now, knowing me knowing what it is, it's very obviously Sean Aston. But I was wondering if that even occurred to you. No, uh, I, I wouldn't I mean, expect it to. I wouldn't expect it to. Cause why no, 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 no. Of course, I mean, no, of course not. I didn't know what the, the father sounded like at all. Or did he talk? No, no. We didn't and I hear, think that that's no. a good move that they did. I think that that was yes good, that they did. That's true. Uh, uh, you know, have to make him. Because once again, it really does just sound like Sean Aston doing a deep voice. Sean Aston is not exactly a gifted impressionist, and that's no shit on Sean Aston. You know, um, he's a gifted actor, uh, many people have said. Um, and uh, I don't know why I said that as if I don't think he's a gifted actor. He's right, a, I'm just like, good. all right. Really You're just kind of burying him right he's now. He's definitely, yeah, he both literally and figuratively carries Elijah Wood in those movies. Uh, don't at me. Actually, no, at me. Elijah Wood's not good in those movies. Um, Thank you. Uh, so... Natalie's like, but there was no reception. You know, I know he did it. And Walter well, Summer's like, any carrier. I mean, this is back in the day when All Tail Wireless was still a thing. If this motherfucker had All Tail Wireless, he's not getting connection anywhere. Maybe he had Boost Mobile. Oh my god, shouts to Boost Mobile. Do you remember those rapping commercials that they had? Hey, dude, I love my favorite commercials. Honestly, the Kanye song was fucking amazing with the game and. Uh, was it the game and. This game, Kanye and. Fuck, who was. Oh, and Ludacris. Bam. I remember that there was one where it was me and my best friend Skylar would joke about this all the time where it was one where it was a bunch of, and I might have mentioned this on this podcast before I definitely mentioned it on a podcast before where it was 
four rappers. Mickey Avalon? Yeah, the third one was a white guy. It was Mickey Avalon. <laughs> and, yeah. and we would always joke. A phrase we would say multiple times was, someone was sticking out more than the white rapper in the Boost Mobile commercial. Because it was a bunch of mm. good raps, and, he, and I remember Mickey Allen's rhyme was, I'm that guy that got what you need. I'm, no, I'm that, that picking, up speed. picking up speed. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, that's literally something I say, like, randomly from Mickey time to time. Avalon, truly one of the worst things that America's ever produced. And I'm including everything bad America's ever produced. And I think we have to claim him. I think he's, like, an L.A. guy. You do? Oh, I think good. so. Um, man, I remember when I was 13, I thought the song My Dick was the funniest thing in the world. Um, oh, God. Not great. Anyway, so Monk yeah, he's is... from Hollywood. Like, Monk is... This is where Monk declares that he's changing careers. That he's 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 a butler now. Well, they prefer to be called house managers. Um, and uh, he wants to hire Natalie. Yeah, he, uh, he wants to hire Natalie to... Um, Look in the kitchen. Okay, sorry. To, to look in the kitchen? Work in the kitchen. He, he oh, right. Burger King UK tweet and was like, women belong in the kitchen. That's where Natalie's going to go. Oh, God. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, that's a real quick way for... Oh, wait, no. This is before they even... She shows up to the house or Correct. is this after? Yeah, this is before. This is when they're at the station. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he is kind of over it and he, he's basically talking about how he feels like they haven't taken him seriously because I obviously haven't made any moves towards keeping him and mm-hmm. and all that. And he mentions he's got to go. He's got to go. He's got a duck to brace. He's got to go. If, yeah, it's, I mean, in fairness, brazing is a, can be a finicky process with some meats. I mean, you over-braise a duck. You know, duck is it's, it's finicky meat to begin with. I understand. Um, what does brazing mean anyway? Brazing is when – I'm very glad you asked. Brazing is when you cook. You uh, should see anyone on the mic. I mean, if you were to see, he just put up his hands both yeah. like on his chest just, and like I twiddled love, his thumbs. I, I, so brazing is when you slow cook a meat in liquid, basically. Um, and so okay. it can be done on the stove, but a lot of times it's done in like a Dutch oven in an oven. So for example, like you braise, um, like if you braise pork, for example, like with pulled pork, you'll put uh, a pork shoulder in like a bunch of a juice and a mix, like seasoning and stuff. Put it on a low temperature for, like, three hours. And, it, like, sl- most slow cooking is technically braising. Um, okay, yeah, yeah I have a slow cooker. It's, yes, it's a slow cooker I don't think counts as braising technically, but it is the same process generally. It's how you get tender meat. It's the best, one of the best ways to cook food, period. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so we learned that the old, ba- the old bats are gunning for Paul, uh, he says, and Monk divided this house into four zones, okay? Yep. And yeah. this is the Monk way. And then the maid, Susie, asks... <laughs> I love this. She asks, uh, who's Monk, basically? Which, I just, I think that that's a dumb line, because if someone said the Monk way, I wouldn't think they were talking about someone named Monk. Named Monk, yeah. About. Like, Monk is not a common name. It's like Adrian Monk and Art Monk, and that's it. I mean, I don't know, man. Apparently, a lot of people have knowledge of Adrian Monk in the San Francisco Bay Area. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Paul wasn't keeping close enough tabs on Natalie right. Tiger to know... That she's working for Adrian Monk. Anyway, Correct. Monk mentions, though, that he grew up in a monastery. Yeah, he grew, he grew up in a monastery, and uh, the the monks like to, I guess, dust a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was holy dust, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it's dust. It's got to go. Exactly. Um, and so we had a little uh, um, montage of Monk. He's inspecting... Micromanaging the, the yeah, fuck out of exactly. everybody. Yeah, he's really rude to Susie, and I, I'm really mad that she doesn't get a moment to be, like, triumphant over him. 
kind of my, my, yeah. my big complaints of the episode. She's just yeah. p- purely nice to him, and he just is a dick. Yeah. Um, and he finds a piece of the letter, the ransom note, in the fireplace, and then he also spots on the carpet. <gasps> what is that stain? Uh, yeah, he finds uh, blood that was from a dearly departed Stilson. Huge oversight from Paul. Like, it's clear, I mean, if I kill someone on a carpet, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to be getting hands and knees for hours making sure there's no blood stains. Yeah, um, absolutely, or get like a cleaning crew in there or something, man, come on. I mean, I don't know if you bring a cleaning crew in because that, you know, witnesses and stuff. Get the fucking, it was on a rug though, or was it the yeah, carpet carpet? It was, on, it was on a rug, it was on a rug. Okay. Yeah, get that like, rug I, clean. I, I don't know, I, he's got to have access to a steam cleaner. You know, those things work like a charm. Um, yeah. And so, uh, Bunk is, he's tying, uh, you know, Paul's tie, and he's being very micromanaging about it. Um, and, uh, you know, he decides, Paul's basically like, fuck this. This is why I think Bunk is not actually a great uh, butler, because um, this is like part of his job is to be of service to Paul, and he's just not doing that well, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's he's very finicky about the tie, to which finally Paul just decides, you know what, maybe I'm going a little more casual today. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's hard. I'm a little conflicted on the look of the blazer, the, uh, like, the suit jacket without a tie. Um, I feel like, I feel like if you're George Clooney in the Oceans movies, you can do it, and if not, you're kind of a douche, is the way I kind of feel about it. Yeah, I guess. I've only seen Ocean's 12, I think, and I don't even remember him in it. He's the titular Ocean. Um, but I was drunk as hell when I saw it. You should watch. I, those are three of my favorite. I, I mean, the first one's one of my favorite movies ever made. Um, I just love this movie so much. Shout out to Steven Soderbergh. Um, and then he brings up Natalie again because he's uh, a creep. And, uh, yeah. Then we cut to Natalie, who is in her childhood bedroom. Um yeah, playing with a stuffed frog. What a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, we all had stuffed frogs, right? Yeah, totally. Speaking of frogs, you see that Ker- uh, Kermit was on The Masked Singer? Anyway. Um... <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, great joke. Great stuff. Uh, anyway, <laughs> she's ribbiting the frog, and she has an epiphany, so she grabs her phone, which apparently the phone line in her bedroom still works. Um, did you have a phone line in your bedroom growing up? Um, I didn't. My, I mean, my, yeah, I had one in my room, but I never used it. It was always my sister. Mm. And then when she went to college, everyone already had cell phones at that point. Yeah, I, by the time I would have had one. I remember my mom told me that when she was growing up, and this is the most, this, this, you'll understand something about me based on where I get this trait from, that she was so talkative that her dad installed a separate phone line just for her room because they, they, she, they couldn't make any phone calls. Because she was on the phone so much. That explains a whole lot. It, you're goddamn right it does. Uh, anyway. Um, so the, the, you know, the dinner, bro- the lunch party, whatever, started. And the bisque is apparently delicious. And apparently, you know, sitting here, you know, Paul looks just like his father. Sounds like him too. Yeah. But um, not everyone agrees that he's a good guy, though. Yeah, no. Someone, uh, one of the girls calls him a crook. Um... You know, I don't even know why the hell you'd invite them, uh, but, you know, I guess he's got a gloat to them in some way or something. 
Yeah, I think it's probably something about keeping up appearances. I don't know, but I, I don't, you know, I, I don't walk among the upper crust. Um, but also, now that I think about it, I mean, he probably wouldn't have to, but, like, I remember, like, I think that there's a certain thing, I don't know if this is, this might be every culture, but there's definitely a certain thing about, you know, white families where it's like i remember i was once joking about when i would eventually get married that i wouldn't want that i wouldn't want my whole extended family there and i said that to my mom and she's like please she's like no all of your great aunts and uncles have to be there and it's like why i don't and i named ones i specifically didn't like and it's like no they have to be there like and so i think that there's kind of a you have to invite family i don't know yeah no trust me i'm making like the wedding list and it's it's making some of these cuts is very brutal mm-hmm Exactly, um, and uh, so I mean, you should do it. You should do it like Hard Knocks, which invites people into office. <laughs> They're getting cut. You know, I've never seen an episode of Hard Knocks. I mean, like, can I be frank? I've never seen it either. I've seen clips. Um, okay. So uh, <laughs> Natalie has an idea of how she's gonna, because uh, she calls Monk. She calls the house, and Monk doesn't, you know, take the call. So she has an idea of how she's gonna get into the party. Um, and it is very convoluted, and it's, like, it, it, there's, like, there's gotta be 17 different better ways for her to, uh, get into this party, but, anyway. Okay, how exactly is it? I just know that she shows up and starts, like, saying shit about her being, oh, cause she's, like, pregnant or something? Yeah. That's the whole point. But, that she, okay. She doesn't want him to pursue her, so he, she has to come up with an excuse, which, like, if this guy's as much of an oh, yeah. asshole as, he, as we know he is, I think it's very clear that it doesn't work. Um, right. We'll get to some he... creep shit. Like, real... Real, real soon. Real... Ugh. Anyway. Um, we cut back to the dinner, and the stepsister has another outburst. Um, and she says she's very drunk, and shouts to her. And then Natalie enters, um, and... Uh, he's like put miss tiga right next to me which that's just okay well you know he can do whatever he wants but um and then she takes off her coat and boom um she mentions that her boyfriend couldn't make it he's at anger management class so uh yeah you know she's 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 uh you know setting the stage to basically get him off her back mm-hmm. uh of course it doesn't work no. Um, he's still into it. But, uh, yeah, so right before this, when they're still, like, at the table, mm-hmm. this is when they first mention that the mom had to die first, right? right, right? right. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they make the comment that he's either very lucky or very smart. Exactly. Um, and so I think I'll just say this is a detail. I think that this, in terms of ways that actors, beyond just writing them out of the show, bro covered up a character's pregnancy the number one for me is in the show you don't care about 30 rock in which uh jane krakowski's character they do a plot line where if i remember correctly she gets told for some reason i think someone tells her that she'd be a good mom and so she instantaneously has a quote hysterical pregnancy for a whole episode which i think is hilarious um and then there's obviously the classic uh betty draper gains a lot of weight for no reason Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm... That's the classic. I mean, that's okay. the... I, what, did you watch Mad Men? Uh, I watched two seasons before oh. I quit. Yeah, there's the... Cl- it's season five, I think. She, the, the, Her plot line is ramped. She's just super overweight. Um, and I feel generally, really, really bad for January Jones because 
as I understand it, it's not comfortable to be pregnant to begin with, and then to have to wear like 30 pounds of latex to make your rest of your body look fat probably sucked. Um, anyway, um, and so uh, Monk asks, the, Monk, she pulls Monk aside, and he's like, you know, what did, what, how did you make this happen? And she's like, it's a pillow. Um, and uh, she mentions that there are no frogs on the 911 call. Yeah, so, I mean, according to her, that phone call had to have occurred not at the scene of the crime. Yeah. It had to have been set up in some way. Mm-hmm. Now, Monk says, no, 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 frogs get tired. Um, yeah, you'd get tired, too, if all you did was hop around uh, catching flies, right, Jake? Exactly. I, I mean, I've never done that, but I get tired very easily, so I can't really judge anyone for not for thinking someone doesn't get tired and, but what, what basically comes out of this is that Natalie's like, why the hell are you protecting him? And it's clear Monk's protecting him because he's trying to f- pretend that he likes his new job, you know? Yeah, he, uh, he's, he's, he's in a hard place. He's, like, he's kind of enjoying it, but, like, at the same time, like, his heart's not truly in it. I, I, it's, he's doing the thing that a lot of people who are in a bad situation do is he is trying to convince himself that he loves it. He doesn't love it. He's trying to convince himself that he loves it because if he doesn't, because if he doesn't love it, then that means that the thing he loves he can't get. Because like if he doesn't actually love being a butler, then that means that he loves being a detective and he can't be a detective. You know, um, so he's in denial. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Natalie then gets caught drinking, which she obviously shouldn't be doing because she's pregnant. Um, and uh, then there's a little bit, which this bit annoyed me a little bit, where the main course is being served. And, yeah, Monk has an issue with the way that – with someone's request. Yeah, because she wants uh, – you know, the way he set up the table was so – basically he was, like, not playing duck, duck, goose, but he was playing duck, quail, duck, quail, duck, quail, duck, quail, duck. And apparently she's not a huge fan of quail. She wants a duck, but um, – I believe it was the other way around, but – It was the other way I, around? I've never had quail, but I do like duck, and I think duck is super underrated. Um I'm a big duck head. Uh, you heard it here for first, guys. But I, so I was like, why the hell would you not want duck? Um, I don't think I've ever... I think I've had duck, like, once. I think I've had it, like, honestly, probably four times, um, which is more than most people. Um, what's really underrated, by the way, is duck wings. I don't know if you've had those. Very good. No, I have not. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I, a, a good piece of duck. It's It can be very fatty, but, like, if it's cooked right and if the fat's rendered down, oh, good stuff. Anyway... Apparently, everyone is invited to stay to go quail hunting, um, and then Paul goes looking for Natalie, and Natalie is in the garage. Yeah, she's uh, she's getting to work, unlike Monk. She She's going, because when Monk first goes to investigate, he goes to check out the car, or he's supposed to be going there, and that's when he gets caught up in everything. So she's basically finishing the job for him. Yeah, and she sees a schedule. Which basically we learn later, and I, you know, I don't feel like waiting until we find it out because it takes forever. Uh, that the schedule reveals that Paul's father was actually at home at the time that he supposedly was uh, that he supposedly died, or or no, but the time the crash happened, basically, that um, the timeline was all wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out exactly how that works a little later on, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah. So Paul interrupts her. He does. And yes. then he says his, the, 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 the piece de resistance of him being a creep, where he says, sometimes I think about adopting a kid. If this doesn't work out with you and your boyfriend, you know, maybe, uh, I, basically, I can take you in and make the kid my own. Which, also, like, how does he not know that she already has a child? I, I just, I'm a little, 
Ooh, right. Confused. Um, but he should have hired uh, Jason Alexander to, uh, you know, brush Shats, up on his... That's our guy, Marty Eels. Um, there you go. I knew he had a weird-ass last name. I, I'll never forget the name Marty Eels. Um, there's a couple Monk side characters that I'll never forget the names of, and Marty Eels is number one on the list. Um, and... Mine's Kevin Dorfman. Kevin Dorfman. I mean, yeah, that's easy. That's another one. Uh, Kevin Dorfman, uh, Marty Eels, <laughs> Harold, Harold Crenshaw. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that... I just... This energy in the scene is like, <coughs> Jesus Christ, this guy is... I just... Just imagine. I, I just wanted to make... He's talking to a woman who is, to, as far as he knows, with child, and saying that I would be willing to... Without any invitation, I would be willing to raise that child as my own if you were to be with me and break up with your boyfriend. That is fucked up. <laughs> it's yeah, it's fucked up. It's almost like on some old cucky kind of behavior. I mean, yeah, that's... It's not... I think... I see how you see it that way. I think he's so control... Like, he's just so obsessed with her that, like, the boyfriend's... At, that it, He actually wants to cuck the boyfriend, if anything. Um, yeah. Which, sure. anyway. Um, so, <laughs> she walks away... And uh, he notices that she stole a sheet. Um, and Natalie is about to leave. She gets the car from the valet. And Paul stops her and invites her to go hunting. Um, and basically threatens her. Well, this doesn't threaten her. threatens her parents. Yes. Well, threatens her with something. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, this was, I believe, after Dick Cheney. So, also that motorcycle. You're fucking driving in Astoria, Queens. Why are you revving your engine? Anyway, um, that this was after Dan Quayle's, not Dan Quayle, uh, Dick Cheney. I keep saying Dan, I think I said Dan Quayle earlier too. Dick Cheney, sorry. Dan no, you said, Dick, you said Dick Cheney earlier. Okay, good. But, okay, it's really unfortunate that two Republican vice presidents, one was named Quayle and the other one shot someone while Quayle hunting. Anyway, actually it was pheasant hunting, I think, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm fully in my whatever today um back on your bullshit um, i once tweeted and i mean it isn't it funny how the last thing you think before going back on your bullshit is i'm not gonna go back on my bullshit <laughs> um and so it's understandable accidents happen people get shot quail hunting all the time yes yeah so he basically uh you know is gonna kidnap her and monk is taking a load off in his quarters um mm-hmm. It's, I don't never want to be a manservant, but it would be pretty cool to say I'm going to return to my quarters. You know, it's funny. So. Yeah, it'd be even funnier if he if we cut to him being in his room after saying that, and he's literally, like, counting quarters. That would be even mm. better. Oh, great stuff. Uh, he actually doesn't say anything about his quarters. I just call them his quarters. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. And so he accidentally knocks over the magazines. And this is, I think, just one of the most egregious things that Monk has ever done. I love the show Monk. But somehow the magazine... You do it, because I'm, I'm going to raise my voice. I don't want to do that. What? Somehow the magazine. Somehow still the there? magazine that's open is the one that the word he took is from. Oh right, yeah, yeah. It's like the word police. What are the odds? There are hundreds of magazines. I, I, I guess the thing is the thing that's frustrating is we don't need to see the word match. If Monk just sees a bunch of different missing words from magazines, and then he sees one that doesn't match necessarily, he can deduce. That the only reason you cut words out of a magazine is if you're doing, like, a fucking collage or you're doing a ransom note. Right. So, he immediately takes off. He knows he's got a, uh, he's got a catch ball. Also, we have word processors and printers. Why are you doing the whole serial killer magazine ransom thing? That's a good point. I don't know. I mean, famously, I mean, 
the only way you can get in trouble with that is if, and this is just an anecdote, like this is not really related. But you know, do you know they caught the uh, BTK killer? Um, when he was no. sending his, when he came back around sending, when he was doing letters, like uh, ten years after he had killed before, I uh, last killed, he was sending letters again, and they asked that he used the newspaper, and this is like early computers, and they asked for if he could get copies of him on a floppy disk because he was. Uh, Typing them out, and he gave them the and they could trace back what computer was used based on the floppy disk. Oh my god! Great stuff. Anyway, damn, um, I'm so pissed that Mindhunter isn't coming back because now we'll never see that shit. I know, man. They, they, you just made me mad, and I. uh, Yeah, I know. So, Monk realizes what's going on, and then he starts. He runs to save Natalie because Natalie's getting basically dragged out into the woods to get shot. Um. (laughs) <laughs> that was fucking dark. Am I? Did I misread what happened in the scene? No, he's no, about no to not kill at all. A woman that he believes is pr- he's about to commit a double homicide. Yeah, that's insane. Wow. Just with no sweat off his back. Yeah. Rich like most know. murderers in Monk are not sociopaths, you know. But this guy yeah. just straight up is. Oh God. Yeah, anyway, um, and so uh, he just randomly mentions offhandedly that he killed his butler. And he says, you should have gone with me to prom, which is, man. Yeah. He's, talk about down bad. That, therapy, man. Just, like, real therapy was very necessary. I just. Yeah, he's, uh, he's shaping up to be the next BTK, basically. Honestly, not, not unfair. Um, I, um. And so uh, Monk finally shows up, and he fires a warning shot. He shoots a bird, which is funny. Um, well, yeah, he had taken a gun from some people right, that he right, walked. Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he gets fired. Um, and this is where the here's what happened happens. And what happened? Well, basically, uh, you know, uh, Paul found his dad dead in the garage. Um, and he knew that the, it was over for him. Mm-hmm. If, if, if he couldn't get the mom to die as well. So he, he had to set it up. He, 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 had, he thought on his feet relatively quickly. So he... I don't know what he did with the dad's body first. I presume he put it in the, the trunk, but they don't mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It's so a British he, car. It's British car. He put it in the boot. Continue. Yeah. So he goes inside and mentions that like there's been like some sort of accident and they need to go like to that one place, Sweeney's Curve or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. I don't know if that um, it does, it's actually they actually don't say what he said they need to do. But anyway, well, they mentioned like that, that there's been something, something's yeah. going on. So he needs to come yeah. with her. So she, she, she needs to come with him. So sure enough, they show up to the scene, and he basically uses that as an opportunity to kill her, mm-hmm. and I guess set it up to make it look like. Oh, uh, then he had to make the phone call. Mm-hmm. No, now, he had to say that there was an accident, which there was, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then he had to pretend that she died first by, like... Yeah. Well, he bludgeoned her, so yeah. it made it look like that anyways. Um, and then he, like, walked away to be able to make a phone call and basically impersonated his father having a heart attack while reporting the accident at the same time. Yeah. Now, it was honestly sloppy work with the heart attack improvisation because famously, as far as I know, heart attack, you don't feel pain in your heart. Um, give pain in your left arm, I believe. Um, yeah, something like that. But I know for a fact you don't feel pain in, like, where your heart is. Um, but, uh, okay. so, yeah, bad move by him. Um, and then, of course, you know, the Davenport show up. And 
Holland Terry's like, Natalie, when did this happen? I don't know why I remember that line reading very well, but... Um, yeah. yeah. It was a really anticlimactic ending. It was. Um, presumably because the way the ep- this gambit has to end is by her removing the pillow from underneath her dress, but they can't do that. <laughs> I think it's probably part of it. Um, right, 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 right. Um, and so we then cut to the station, and there's good news for Monk. Yeah, apparently Monk has been rendered exempt from the hiring freeze, meaning that his badge will be waiting for him when he's ready to work, which mm. seems really odd, but okay. I mean, it is what it is. And, yeah. Uh, and we learn, how, how did Stock get the lieutenant commissioner to agree to it? He threatened to quit. Mm-hmm. And that was so goddamn inspiring that even Randy Disher considered it as well. He considered quitting. I mean, I'll be honest, get a, get a friend like Stockmeyer, I think is the moral of the story. Like, yeah. Miguel Stoudemire, decorated cop, was willing to risk his badge. He put his badge on the line for Adrian yeah. Monk. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I, I respect that. Uh, thinking for back Captain on Cool. How, thinking back on how bad the show was, not bad the show was, but how bad their scenes were when he hated him, it's so much better that Oh, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, I think about it a lot just because I completely forgot that that was a thing. And it's just every time they have a warm moment, it's like this is so, so, so much better. Um, yeah. Because the, the thing is the world is already against Monk so much, you know? Like you don't yeah. need his f- people around him. Anyway, speaking of uh, – I guess that, that's not a segue. What do you give this upside out of 10? I give it a 7.5 out of 10. We're back in agreement. I give it a 7.5 as well. Uh, you can follow the show at Streakly Monk on Twitter. Andre, when people follow you? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the Jay Christie. Please rate, you subscribe, share with your friends, um, especially ones who love Monk and uh, who love tangents about actors and uh, stories about, you know, how boring my upbringing was. Um, yeah, but more important than all that, tune in later this week as we talk about Mr. Monk is on the air. Uh, this is uh, KXUR, and uh, my message is let's get monkey! <laughs>